0: on this week's episode we are blown away by the murder of andre angel melendez by king of the club kids michael aelig and then dance our way through a review of the iconic movie party monster so lace up your platform high heels and meet us in the pod shed we're passing around bowls of ketamine and talking about murder Welcome back to another episode of THC True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host, Mariah. That's your other host, Bailey. Me! Yay! Welcome back! Hi! We've been on a two-week hiatus. We took a break. It feels like it's been a million years. It does. So I'm so happy to be back. And we're in the pod shed. Yes. Freezing, freezing cold podshed. Our asses off. But it's worth it. It's the best. And it's a new year. And I feel like I personally am in a much better place. I am so happy at 2021 so far. And I agree with you as long as we don't discuss my
1: first week back at work. So we'll just pretend like that didn't happen and we'll recap the good things that did
0: happen while we were away. So you don't want to talk about your first week back at work? (laughs) No! I really don't, though. Okay, well, here. Cheers. Cheers to being back in the saddle. Welcome back, y'all. Hey, pour yourself a glass of wine or a, whatever you want, shot, beer. anything. Roll a joint. Join us. Happy 2021. Let's do it. I can't wait. It's off to a great start so far. Well,
1: <laughs> maybe personally, our fucking country is about to burn down to the ground, but...
0: Nah, it's fine. Uh, if anything, I think it's funny because it makes those people look like the fucking losers they are, oh so my God. it's pretty exciting. To, to
1: be a country on the outside looking at us insane right oh my goodness Um, absolutely insane so i think it was i guess it was tuesday night right nick was sitting at his computer and all i could hear was swearing and i could (laughs) like feel anger radiating off of him And it was like nine o'clock at night i'm like bro like what's up (laughs) and i'm like you want to talk about something and he's like nope politics don't want to talk about it and i'm like oh i'm tapping out i'm going to bed yeah. and then i wake up to oh, okay so you know everyone's storming the capitol the senate and the world's burning down
0: Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. all good things all good things mm-hmm. um but you know i feel like besides that other good things were happening in 2021 and now you just completely erase them from my memory yeah oh well. well anyways i'm personally doing better absolutely i agree i so, am happy
1: I'm a- to be back in my routine even though that requires me going to work, which sucks balls. But the routine I like.
0: Yes, absolutely. And um, my kids will be back in school next week. They had Zoom classes this week. So same thing. We're back at it. And, you know, who knows what the future holds. But right now, right now, I'm feeling pretty good. We're we're looking at the bright side. We're looking at the...
1: Silver Linings.
0: (laughs) Oh! Was that your segue? it was. So many things we did over break, which in my world was not much of anything at all. Um, But we did have a girls' night. B came over and we had a little slumber party. And I finally got her to watch Silver Linings Playbooks, you guys. And I freaking
1: loved it. It
0: Shocker of the year. And why did I love it? We talked about it immediately
1: following. Like, I'm finally at a place in my life where I can actually appreciate Mm -hmm. A movie like that with the depth of the characters. And
0: this has been two ongoing themes on the podcast. If you guys haven't listened. Uh, One is my obsession with Silver Linings Playbook. It's one of my favorite movies. So I have been casually bringing it up in conversations for about four or five episodes now. But also B keeps talking about how normally she likes the shittier movie, the better. Crappy, horrible Horror movies, stuff that most people could never sit down and watch or stomach. Those are her favorite movies. So the fact that this podcast sometimes forces her to watch like actual movies like The Changeling. Right. Actual serious dramas. Yeah. Like um,
1: nominated, award-winning. Mm-hmm, the whole is thing. good for her. It's
0: opening her eyes to other types of movies. It is. Um, including Silver Linings. So I was so happy that she enjoyed it. Uh, it took us forever to watch it because we had to keep taking breaks for whatever reasons and just had a great girls night. Had was, fun, went so on an fun. adventure, walked around in the middle of the night. You made me a shark board. I made a shark board. <laughs> All great things. Great. What else have
1: you been up to on break? Um, So besides watching a good movie with you, <coughs> I watched a horrible movie with Nick that I absolutely fucking adored. Yes. He fell asleep. Yes, what was it? I think it was called Spare Parts. Okay. Right? And it, there's, I guess there's other spare parts out there because Nick was reading the description of one movie and then started watching this and realized it was a completely different movie than the one he thought it was oh, supposed to be. Okay. He's like, I started watching it without you, knowing it would be a movie you hated, but then within 10 minutes of the movie, people are getting severed limbs. And he's like, oh, that's the wrong movie and I need to watch this with my wife.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm hmm. So how was it? You loved it? I really did.
1: Like, no-name actors, right? Mm -hmm. Totally shitty cast. The story was garbage. But the graphics were insane. And the whole idea is there's, like, a cult where this guy thinks that he needs to, you know, feed the grounds, the bloods of these people to satisfy the gods. And so he has, like, an arena set up. And they get people and bring them to like this junkyard and they cut off parts of their body and attach these things that they then attach weapons to. Okay. And then put them in this like arena and then have them fight each other. Who the fuck thinks of this shit? Right? So the best part though is that the main people in the movie, it's a girl rock band oh right so these girls are in a rock band like miss 45 or something and they get into a brawl at a bar and that's what draws the attention of the cult people like oh these girls like to fight huh like we'll give them something to fucking fight about oh and uh the lead singer and the lead bass guitarist are sisters and they basically hate each other but because they're in the band together they like make it work so they end up having to, like, fight each other. And then in the end, you just kind of have to see what happens.
0: Wow, cliffhanger. Yeah. Of a movie I'm never going to watch. Mm-hmm. Amazing.
1: I loved it. Great. Yeah, just all sorts of severed limbs and body parts being crushed and just everything.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Where can people watch it? No idea. Perfect. <laughs> so spare parts. And it sounds like you, you won't even know until you start watching it if you got the right one or right. not. So it's a surprise. It'll be a gamble. <laughs> I've been listening to podcasts. I listened to the entire one and only season, so far only season, of I Survived, which Mm. is great. It's actually a TV show on Lifetime, I think. And normally on the episodes, it'll be like two or three survivor stories, but it's anything. Mm -hmm. Man, woman, they survived anything from like a rapist to an attempted murder to a boating accident to a bear attack. And... There's no reenactments or anything. It's just a first person telling, recounting of what happened to them. And the show is good. I do like the show, but um, I really like the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so the podcast is the same format, but it's all women and it's all female survivors of some sort of violent act. Ooh. And from all different, whether it was a stranger that attacked them or their mm-hmm. own husbands yeah. or whoever, um, it it was great. It was fascinating. I listened to the whole series already. So I can't recommend that enough. Cool. And then I just started today, and I've already listened to three episodes of it because they're only like a half hour long, I think. Um, oh, shit. What is it called? Uh, something was wrong. OK. And it's about a girl, a woman, excuse me, not a girl, a woman named Sarah who fell in love with and got engaged to a true sociopath. And and be- did she know no okay. so because he's a sociopath he's nobody good. knew right he's that good her family didn't know mm-hmm. nobody knew she's from our neck of the woods okay and it's not just an episode's based on her an entire podcast series is based on this relationship okay I think if there was a true crime thing for you to listen to, this would be it for you. For me. Yes. For you. Yeah. Because she comes from where we come from. Mm-hmm. So I can relate. I, she has to be from either like Vacaville or Fairfield area because her family's church, she goes to church in Vacaville. Yeah. So it has to be somewhere in that yeah. area of the woods. She went to college, I believe in, um, what well, starts with a D? Not Dixon. Ah, shit. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. I do.
1: But yeah, I can't think of it.
0: N- near Sacramento. Yeah. Anywho, she went Davis. to Davis. I think she went to UC Davis. Um, but so she, this might be a bad thing for everybody else listening to this, but she sounds like us. You know, she sounds like all the girls we grew up with. Yeah. So it's kind of fun and mm-hmm. not fun because what happened to her is terrible. It's but awful. It's, yeah, but it's comforting. And then the girl that the woman that does the podcast when she's interviewing her, she's interviewing her like a friend. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like two girlfriends talking because episode three, I'm just now getting to like sketchy behavior by him. So like the first two episodes is just her telling this the woman doing the podcast about this amazing right fiance she had, this Mm -hmm. crazy good relationship she was in. Um but yeah it's funny like for instance uh she plays the piano so one episode she talked about how they were walking in downtown Walnut Creek and they saw a piano store and I'm like I know exactly what piano store that is Oh my gosh. So that's a good one. So far it's great. Um I'm definitely gonna listen to the whole series. And those are my uh, podcast recommendations. It's so funny because when you see,
1: like, those perfect husbands or you hear the woman, like, describe these perfect men or whatever, I'm, like, always thinking in the back of my head. I'm, like, well, I wonder if he's actually maybe gay or if he's a fucking sociopath. (laughs)
0: Like, like
1: no one's that perfect.
0: Yep. Yep. And she said that she thought that way the entire time. Right. Like, I would
1: be so suspicious the whole time I wouldn't be able to enjoy his perfectness. Yeah.
0: (laughs) She said she really had to turn that, try to turn that off in her brain because even if it was something that she was suspicious about, he would always have something to like back it up. Like somebody to verify it. Somebody out like a third party. Like my dad. (laughs) So she just, she always dismissed it as like, nope, that's just negative thinking. Mm -hmm. Like you're allowed to have a good relationship. You're allowed to find this. You're trying to ruin something for yourself. Wow. Amazing. So it's been pretty good so far. Okay. So I have a correction. Yeah, before we get into the new podcast, we're going back... Two episodes. Two episodes, okay. To Strong Island Strong Tea, which was the Long Island Serial Killer mm-hmm. episode. Um, We had a real problem trying to figure out the boroughs of New York City, <laughs> y'all. We could not wrap our brains around how many there were. My biggest problem was I kept getting confused between Staten Island and Long Island. And if either one of them were a borough, if... Neither of them were. I also had it in my head somewhere that possibly Harlem was a borough. Um, but I know that Harlem's... Oh, fuck, I don't even want to say this because what if I'm wrong about this? Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure Harlem's part of Manhattan. I just told
1: you I'm not even sure what a borough is. So I don't know why you're looking at I'm me I'm pretty, for pretty any sure kind Harlem is
0: part of Manhattan. Mm. So that's probably part of that borough. So the five boroughs of New York City. <laughs> 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 if there's any other <laughs> dumb ass california person who doesn't know this shit besides our dumbasses is manhattan brooklyn bronx queens staten island staten island sounds wrong but i totally believe you i mean that's just what google told right. me right no i totally google believe could you. be wrong mm-hmm. but that's what google informed me of yeah i don't know why long island's not considered it considering how if it's, you're gonna have
1: Staten Island, it's
0: right next. Like, uh, what touches it? Brooklyn and Queens. Okay, I think is that oh, what I said oh, last stop time. Stop asking me things, God! I'm pretty sure Brooklyn and Queens, like, and then st- like Long Island, like they're all part of the same landmass. So, whatever. What do we know? <laughs> what do we know? Nothing, obviously. Yeah. I had to Google the boroughs, and, and I and we've both been to New York City. Yeah. Multiple
1: times. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's so stupid. <laughs> Why are we this dumb? Anywho. Wow. <laughs> Anything so, else? I don't think
1: so. I'm oh, in, well.
0: I'm reading a book, but I'll give a review on it next time because I'm halfway done with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not convinced it's good yet or not.
1: Okay. Well, then, yeah. New us, new year, new podcast. P- oh, I do want to touch
0: on the episode. It's
1: episode 25. 25 while it's not a lucky 13 is a significant number in my life and you couldn't have picked a fucking better movie for me to kick off our new year
0: yay i should have said but then it would have been the 25th episode b's birthday's on the 25th Mm -hmm. this month it would have been so we should have just held off until your birthday weekend doesn't even matter i just i love
1: that this is the 25th and yes it's a great episode, I think, for us
0: to kick off. I'm gonna the have, have to Year. find something really special for you for your birthday weekend. Ooh. I don't know what is possibly gonna top Blood Rage or um, <laughs> s- uh, Silent Night, mm-hmm. but you know, there's got to be something out and there. Now,
1: Party Monster, Party I mean, Monster. Come on. You're Spoiler me. alert:
0: We are doing the murder of Angel Mendez by the King of the Club Kids, Michael Aleg. Aleg? 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 I think Aleg? And the movie, of course, is Party Monster. Party Monster. Party Monster, which I have seen, but it was 100,000 years ago. OK. I And I How believe. How did you hear about it? I believe my husband and I rented it from a blockbuster video. Okay, love that. Um, And I don't think we. Her, I Lou and I are both like really into indie movies, and it's definitely like an indie Absolutely. movie. Absolutely and the cast the is cast.
1: huge the
0: cast is probably what made us pick it up because shocking nobody had seen Macaulay Culkin in forever and he's phenomenal oh, you know how I feel about Seth Green obviously so and there's a couple other big names in there too yeah
1: oh, I can't wait um I'm, so I'm thoroughly interested and intrigued and so ready to hear about this case
0: great um overall how'd you like the movie you don't have to give it your rating but just so I know so when I started
1: it immediately, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Another one of these like point of view, whatever movies. But uh-huh. then as it went on, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a ride. It's a fucking storytelling rabbit hole. Of a Woo! ride.
0: So let's go down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. The rabbit hole of the club scene of downtown New York in the late 80s, early 90s. Hey, could you <laughs> imagine, dude? I would have fucking thrived. Oh, yeah. Trust me. Ah! Trust me. Um, oh, we got another note on top of our email contains no, yeah. words offensive <laughs> Way to start or off my language. New year. <laughs> so, I got information from a couple of different places. The reason I know about this case, not I already knew about the Club Kids. The reason I knew about this case is, of course, from my favorite murder episode one thirty-five. That's the first time I heard about it. But to get prepped for this our episode. I listened to an episode of a podcast I've never listened to before called Disgraceland. Really cool Episode 10. Re- mm. When you watched the movie, I think at the very beginning,
1: it says based on a true story. Did you brush that off as bullshit? Because you're like, oh, it's just... Or did you actually Well, I knew know? that
0: the club kids were real people. And I had known... Um, I had definitely known about them. Um, so... I honestly don't remember what I was thinking. It was really I I feel like when we rented it, it was under new releases. Like we're talking a hundred years if ago. If I
1: wasn't doing this and I had just watched the movie, I would have I would not believe that this is real.
0: Yeah. No, I knew that the club kids and that scene was a real scene. <coughs> yeah. I don't remember how I felt about whether or not like how real the quote unquote yeah. story was. So okay. I don't remember. Too long ago. So Disgraceland, episode ten. Disgraceland is great. Um I actually uh, told Lou about it because I'm like, if ever there is a true crime podcast for him. OK. This would be it oh, your recommendation. All my recommendations. This one is each episode is like true crime, but it's like music based true crime. So they have like a Tupac episode. They have a that's fun, fucking whatever, a Jerry Lee Lewis episode. Right. And then uh, the production team's incredible. The man who does it and um, is talking to you, he's a musician himself. So. Before he even gets into like the true crime case, he like sets the scene, he plays the music, like he talks about the music and the culture and the people. And so, like, so you're like you're seeing in it, the feeling world it mm-hmm. before Absolutely. the case starts. So That's I, beautiful. It's mm-hmm. great. I'm definitely going to listen to some more episodes of Disgraceland. Wonderful episode. Um, so episode 10. And then I went back on YouTube because this is how I first found out about the Club Kids was on um, the Phil Donahue show in the 90s. Do you remember that talk show? No,
1: but that just. Relates to
0: something that yeah. clicks with me. So the Phil Donahue show. They were also on the Geraldo Rivera show. That I remember, Geraldo. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching that as a kid and being blown away by these. Club yeah, kids. that Springer. I mean, all those. Well, they weren't quite Springer. Right. They were like classier daytime yeah, television but people. But they were still
1: doing like those explosive. Like,
0: well, and just like look at these shocking. freaks. They're so shocking. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I watched old episodes of that on YouTube, and then of course, good old. Uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> right, always. I almost said WikiLeaks. I'm like, oh, nope, no, that, that can't be the right thing to say.
1: Our fucking bloodline, Wikipedia.
0: Good old Wikipedia. And when I say Wikipedia, I just want everyone to be certain. I still go and cross-reference like other articles, and if I see that everything is kind of matching up, yeah, it's just Wikipedia is easier because it's all like right there. I agree. But I still go back and forth to make sure that like it's other people bullshit. have written these facts, right. and it's not just somebody on Wikipedia you know, typing whatever they want. No. So I always cross-reference it, but, you know, for the sake of this, Wikipedia. Okay, you ready, B? That's all I'll ever be. Let's take a wine sip. To,
1: to be honest, I took a shot and smoked a huge bowl before I even got into this fucking outfit just wait. to
0: prepare myself. Oh, wait till y'all see <laughs> B's look of the week this week, y'all. Amazing. So, Michael Alig, born... April (laughs) why do I do that I have got to start spelling out the months when I do my notes because by the time I get in here I start drinking wine I have to think so long at the number (laughs) and I was trying to be so serious oh no
1: it took me so long to figure out that fucking TikTok you sent with about how oh I saw the one for the age Oh, the ID, ID one? I'm like, why is this funny? Like, it took me way too long to realize. There's why that was a funny. TikTok
0: trend going on now because guess what, you old motherfuckers? If you were born at 19, anything, anything, you're old enough to drink because it's at 2021 now. Correct. So now all they have to do when they look at your ID is see the one, the 19, the one. All that matters in front of is the birthday. one. And that means you're old. It means that you're <laughs> old enough to drink. And yeah.
1: Oh, uh, it took me. oh oh, ridiculous the other
0: thing that made me feel old as fuck is like again (laughs) on tiktok they're like um older actors who were like fine back in their day or super hot back in their day or whatever my brain goes to paul newman clint eastwood like old motherfuckers who were hot 100 years ago right Bitch, Brad Pitt was the first one they put on the no. screen. Brad Pitt, George Clooney, uh, James Franco. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm going to fight Here everybody. OK, so uh, once again, we are in April of. 1966, 1966. <laughs> Michael aleg is born April 29th, 1966 in South Bend, Indiana, Um, that's where he grows up. He's a straight-A student, all-around good kid, but he's bullied because he's gay, he's flamboyant, um, you know, just big, colorful fish in a small conservative pond. Yep. So, 1984, at 18 years old, he breaks out. He moves to New York City for college and to find, you know, an all-around more accepting environment. He meets boyfriend and artist Keith Haring who introduces Michael to the new york city downtown nightclub culture and michael fucking loves it Uh he instantly thrives in it he feels accepted and he becomes a busboy at a club called dance Teria, Uh and he works his way up through those ranks he's super outgoing and flashy and a people person um so he eventually becomes a party promoter and his outlandish personality attracts all kinds of these young adults who are also feel like outsiders and this group of people becomes known as the club kids Mm -hmm. so the club kids were just think of like the most outlandish way somebody could dress and present themselves. And you're probably not even thinking. Of like I want to be a club kid so bad. You would be great at it. How over the top that these guys went. Yeah. I mean, they went hard in the paint. Prosthetics. Paints. Everything. Yeah.
1: Glitter. Piercings. Right. Crazy colored hair. The amount of glue they went through in a month.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everything. Um, They go clubbing every night. That's their life this is a haven for what we call now the girls gays in the days Mm -hmm. they i mean it's a in that inner circle you know they they felt like a family they felt accepted um for the first time for most of them and this is the first time a lot of like outsiders are seeing this like alternate group of people right like a a alternate (laughs) lifestyle including drag queens this is the first time a lot of people saw drag queens mm-hmm. including queen of the universe rupaul was one of the original club kids um before Absolutely. she turned into like the rupaul mm-hmm. like we all know from the music videos and stuff um they were put on like i said the old timey daytime talk shows which of course they were on heraldo a lot and the audience is always filled with like old white ladies yeah who are
1: like so they're just like freaking out oh
0: my god right they would see my hair and be like oh yeah because that was and I mean like they were freaking out Geraldo was having a hard time with one of the club kids had their lip pierced yeah and he was like oh like disgusted by it and it's so funny to think how far we've came from then until now right where it's like yeah tattoos piercing colored crazy hair I do still get the comments and the looks from
1: older people. And remember, I fin- yes. and I told you that my mom is finally accepting that my hair is cool because she's heard other people say that it's yes. cool. She couldn't make up her mind for herself. But now that she has validation from other people that it's cool.
0: Yeah. But those are mainly like old conservative people that have a problem with it. But you still have like a really good job. Yeah. You you know what I mean? Like yeah. back then, back in these days, that would not have happened. No. You would have not gotten the job. you Absolutely have now. not. Um, so yeah, so the audiences are like disgusted and shocked. The club kids, some of them are, um, you know, like they're to educate and inform and, you know, just come off cool and nice and respectful or whatever. And then some of the club kids are are garbage. They're not garbage. They're but, just, and they're, rightfully so, much more in your face about it, yeah. in- including Michael Alig. He was brash about it. Mm-hmm. Um, And really, I I completely understand that. And as far as that part goes, I I do get it. It's not their job to educate people on on what they're doing. On what they're doing. That's their life. Geraldo came off a little condescending and definitely weirded out and, like, very awkward. Phil Donahue came off as a straight-up asshole. Like, he's in their face telling them that, like, they're nothing. They'll never be anything. Oh, you just want to take your drugs and party because you're just scum and like was just really aggressive okay. with them so you know um so right they're provocative and you know there's this kind of air when they're on these talk shows of like they're the cool ones there there's there's this air of like they're kind of making fun of like the old squares in the audience. Like oh, it's a very sure. big like inside yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With within themselves, within their own ranks. Right. If you're in, you know. Yeah. And if you're not, you don't. And again, me as a kid watching this, they just blew my mind. I loved them. Yes. I loved them. I had never seen anything like that. And it was so cool to me. It stuck in my brain forever. And so that's why, yeah, when Party Monster came out. You're like, I remember. I knew all about them. But Mm -hmm. But whether or not
1: you knew the story was actually based on anything. Mm -hmm.
0: How funny to have that memory. So they, um, in 1988, Michael's hired by Peter Gation, who's the owner of numerous clubs, including a famous club called the Limelight. And he hires Michael to basically throw these, crazy outlandish parties. And Michael fucking delivers. Um, outside of the clubs, he would throw these outlaw parties in abandoned parts of the city or even in like fast food restaurants like Burger King, yep. Dunkin' Donuts. Mm-hmm. They would just show up. Could you over. imagine going to a
1: fucking rave where they feed you fast food? Could you That's imagine my dream come true? No, my
0: dream come true is you're at the Burger King. And and, and it po- just happens around you. Oh God. my God. Please please <laughs> Um, and so this alone helps revitalize this because before this, the club scene in downtown New York was, was kind of dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Michael Alig and his club kids showed up, and he revitalized the whole scene. Inside the clubs, shit is getting crazy, y'all. Um, of course, drugs are prevalent. That's always going to be the case for nightclubs. Different drugs, different decades. Yeah. But that's a part of kind of youth culture in general. Absolutely. This is cranked up, right? Because everything they did was cranked up. Oh, oh. oh gosh. Oh. We almost broke our whole couch. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> so obviously there's cocaine. There's always been Cocaine. But um they especially loved ketamine. Yep special, special K. K. Mm-hmm. They would have bowls of special K being passed around. They'd have balloons filled with ecstasy float down from the rafters oh. to people. Oh, goodness. Just the best. Um they basically at this point their parties are putting Studio fifty four to shame. Yeah. They're making Studio fifty four look fucking conservative. Right. Um and it's they're like the hardest parties to get into. There's a whole hierarchy of who gets into the parties. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the club kids and their inner circle come first. And after that is like their outside friends and acquaintances. Whoever they
1: choose to be. Can come list. in. Mm-hmm.
0: And then the doormen after that have to choose people who look the best or who have the most outlandish, crazy Or people outfits. who could provide something. If to Yeah, them. you show up with a, I don't mm-hmm. know, bag of Special K possibly. Yep. And then after that, you probably weren't getting in. You standing in line cold um so they influenced the likes of madonna and boy george and elton john and so many other musical artists you can say that they even influenced like we said today a lot of these things that they were getting judged for we can do no problem Mm -hmm. and that's they probably really helped kick down those doors for that to happen amazing um and let's face it they walked so lady gaga could fucking strut her stuff in her 12 inch heels absolutely because lady gaga is basically uh, the pop version of a club kid yeah um so just to give you an idea remember like when lady gaga the first couple years she was out and she was doing real outlandish outfits and i yeah. was like what the fuck is this those that was outfits every day. are like normal club kids. every outfits. day those were like there. are eh, it's only a tuesday I'll i'm just going this to the grocery on. store uh-huh. yeah <laughs> um so and so michael alec obviously he's the king of the club kids he calls all the shots he says who comes and who goes if you end up on the oust with him you're kicked out and you're basically kicked out of this group of people who felt like your family your friends who you really loved and bonded with if michael doesn't like you you're fucking out okay and that's just the way it goes sorry talked about the bowls of special k and the balloons of ecstasy um on top of that i mean obviously that would fuel group orgies in the clubs michael would drink cups of his own urine he would smear other people's blood on him they would decorate the parties with severed limbs and dead bodies they would pin $100 bills to men and have them run through the club. So people would Rip tear the $100 bills off of them. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, BDSM <laughs> was out in the open one memorable party. Um, a man was there and he lost his prosthetic leg, I believe it was, in the crowd. And they put him up on stage. And a woman came up on stage and had sex with his prosthetic leg and his stump of a leg. Oh, so, you know, good for her. Uh, you know, I like that she doesn't discriminate. No. Yeah. Michael would spit and urinate in people's drinks. Yep. He would drug them on purpose. And there's even rooms of him, rumors of him purposefully spreading HIV to club goers. But he denies this adamantly. But he's also a big piece of shit. So you take oh, that right. for what it's worth. Um. So we're talking chaos, sex,
1: drugs, rebellion. Like you said at the beginning, literally imagine it. And then times that.
0: It's absolute insanity. And there's, vi- I mean, you know, it's not like it happened 100 years ago. There's videos if y'all want right. to YouTube This it. is
1: like, we're born. We, we. exist. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so one of the club kids is a guy named Andre Angel Melendez. Angel's his nickname. Angel moved to New York City with his family at eight years old from Columbia. He's sweet. He's cute. He's cute. Um, And he, of course, is flamboyant and all these other things. So he finds his second family with Michael and the club kids. His club garb, his signature look was he would always wear angel wings, hence the name Angel. Mm -hmm. Um, He's also a major drug dealer for the club kids. He's saving his money that he was making on drug dealing to move to L.A. and eventually break into the movie business. So he would, to stay in Michael's good graces, right? Michael's the fucking king of the world. He would front Michael drugs over and over again. Front means he would give them to Michael with the idea that, like, Michael would pay him back for them right. eventually.
1: Right. Which, come on.
0: He would front to him over and over again. Michael ends up thousands of dollars in debt to Angel. And at this point, Michael A. Leg is spun out of control. Yeah. He's been doing drugs for too many years. He doesn't have a handle of what he's doing. He eventually steals money from Angel. Um, so, like, all, everything that Angel had been saving up to move to L.A., mm-hmm. Michael takes from. Yes. Home. So, one night, March 17th, 1996, Michael Aleg calls Angel to front him some more drugs, and Angel's had a fucking enough. Whether it ostracizes him or not, he's done. So... He shows up to Michael's apartment that Michael shares with his roommate, Robert D. Freeze Riggs. Freeze is his nickname. Mm -hmm. And an argument ensues. This turns violent and Angel starts beating Michael. Angel got the upper hand. I mean, of course he did. What the fuck has Michael Eilig ever done in his life?
1: seriously.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this little scrawny kid from South Bend, Indiana. Yeah. Of course the, like, big, strong kid from Columbia is going to beat the shit out of you, stupid. Right. Anyways, um, so he's he gets the upper hand on Michael, who then, of course, cries out for help like the little bitch he is, and his roommate, Freeze, comes up and hits Angel Melendez on the head with a hammer three times, after which Michael smothers Angel with a pillow. They then pour a cleaner or a chemical. Um, it's never, uh, no one ever says exactly what it is, but it's a cleaner or a chemical into Angel's mouth, and they duct tape his mouth shut, which then, of course, he dies, They then strip Angel's body and put him into a bathtub where they leave him for five to seven days while they binge on all of Angel's Mm -hmm. drugs. Eventually, Angel's body, it gets too smelly and the flies become a real problem. So these assholes, Michael and Freeze, purchase as much heroin as they can get. And they also go to Macy's and buy two chef's knives and a cleaver, and then they get as high as fucking possible on heroin and dismember Angel's body. They start with the legs, which they wrap separately in garbage bags and then in duffel bags, and they dump those into the Hudson River. The next day, they wrap his upper body in a sheet in a garbage bag and then place it into a cardboard box, which at first... They use the box as a TV stand, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the smell is still too bad and their friends start to notice the smell. So they eventually dump that in the Hudson as well. Michael starts telling everyone that he killed Angel, but kind of would act like it was a joke. And people are so used to to him being outlandish and crazy. and Right. Yeah. So they don't take him seriously. <clears throat> Hold on. Let me take another drink. Mm-hmm.
1: No, absolutely. Like that's his talent. Is the way that he could blind people with his just overdoing it
0: personality, right? So, Michael swears in in later interviews that he was so racked with guilt that he could barely function. He couldn't throw parties oh. anymore, and blah 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 blah. All he party. all he could do was just get high to cope. But other people report that um, no, he still hosted parties and he still acted normal, and everything went on as normal. I'm sure. One person who didn't believe his bullshit was a journalist named Michael Musto. He covered New York City nightlife. He had become intertwined with the club kids. He even showed. Was he like
1: undercover? Or no, 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 no. They... they all knew he was a journalist. Okay. He
0: would even show up on the talk shows with them. Okay. And because he wasn't a club kid himself, he was just on the scene reporting. He would almost act like a buffer between. The conservative crowd and the talk show host and the club kids. Yeah. Okay. So they would ask the club kids questions. And depending on who they asked, some of them, like I said, gave like articulate, thought out answers. And then some of them were just fucked up or high or being little brats. Right. I think brats is the best way to describe them. Right. So
1: when I said garbage, that's exactly right. Yeah.
0: Brats. That's perfect. I should have thought about that earlier. Yeah. They would just act real bratty. And so this guy, Michael Musto, would act as, like, kind of a go-between. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he totally <laughs> believed that it was within Michael <laughs> A.L.A.'s ability, ability yeah. wheelhouse, to commit a murder. Um, yeah. He thought it was true that him and Freeze killed Angel, and he actually ends up writing a story about it, publishing it to the Village Voice, and then it gets published on page six. And... He even continues to write more and more pieces about Angel's murder, pointing the finger at Michael and Freeze, and those all get published in the Village Voice. So March 1996, kids playing on a beach at Staten Island, borough of New York City, y'all. They find the box containing Angel's remains. Poor fucking kids. Um so now Michael starts to panic. The pressure's on, right? He moves into a motel room in New Jersey with his, at the time, boyfriend, Brian. It just said Brian. No last name or anything. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. Brian. Police find him and arrest him on December fifth, nineteen 1996, as well as Freeze. At first, Michael tries to plead self-defense. But Freeze confesses to everything. And eventually, Michael does the same. Both are sentenced to 10 to 20 years for manslaughter. While in prison, Michael Eilig tells journalist Michael Musto, Musto, we'll say Musto, I feel like is insulting. Musto? Musto. Musto. So same guy, Michael Musto. He says, quote, I know why I blabbed. I must have wanted to stop me. I was spinning out of control. It's like the old saying, what do you have to do to get attention around here? Kill somebody? Mm-hmm. I just picture him saying it super bratty and no, like rolling you his sounded eyes. No, What do you have to do to get attention around here? Kill somebody? That's a- nailed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael still uses drugs in prison, of course. Um, eventually, he gets his shit together just long enough to be paroled out on May 5th, 2014. My daughter's birthday, not 2014, but May 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to revitalize his career. It just never happens. He tries all kinds of shit. YouTube and a singing career and club promotion and Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Never fucking happens. He's a piece of shit. We don't want to hear from him. So he does give some interviews post-prison. I watched one of them. I can't remember which one I watched because I didn't write it down. So that'll have to be a follow-up for next week, but I watched it on YouTube. Um, He claims at the time of the interview which I believe this was a 2017 interview, <coughs> okay. that he was sober. Okay. Did he look sober? I was... He looked sober. I was raised by drug addicts, so I know for a fact he was not sober because mm-hmm. I can tell in the way he was talking the mannerisms. and in his mannerisms mm-hmm. that he was geeked out of his fucking head. So yep. I do not believe he was sober. Mm-hmm. He claims he was sorry. That's questionable. Right. He claims... That the reason he did it was he had done so many drugs. He was so high, so out of control. He didn't even know what he was doing. It's just he was right. but completely. They, they knew to
1: go to the store and to get the knives mm-hmm. and what to do and to wrap the the body parts they knew all that but yeah they didn't but know they were so what they high were doing.
0: they didn't know that they were yeah, killing angel of course again i was my my parents are all sober now but when i was growing up my parents were drug addicts i've been around a lot of high people in my life and i've never seen anybody so high that they fucking killed somebody Though with a hammer the
1: time i was so high i couldn't control myself i got carried to bed so
0: right <laughs> the, the, so i claim bullshit right. on that too um And when he asked what he would say to Angel's family, if ever given the opportunity, because Angel was very close to his family, a big part of the reason why his case got so much mainstream media attention was because his father and his brother were out there, like, in the faces of the media, in the faces of the police officers, you know, really campaigning for them to find Mm -hmm. their loved one, to find Angel, to solve the case. So he... I'm, I tried to look up what, where his family is now and I couldn't find anything, which yeah. is a good thing, but he was close to his family and I'm sure that they still, you know, miss him a lot. Obviously. But, um, so when asked if he would, what he would say to Angel's family, if he ever got the opportunity to say anything, first of all, he never apologizes in his answer. Of course. And why would he apologize for anything? And yeah. his answer was. That if they ever wanted to contact him, to ask him anything or talk to him, that he would be open to that. Mm-hmm. And he and that they would feel free to contact him anytime. No apology. Mm-mm. And also, oh, really? You'll grace them with your fucking presence? Right. You egotistical piece of shit. Absolutely. How about you just fucking apologize? Since you were so out of your mind and it was out of your control and you didn't mean to do it, then shouldn't you be apologetic some remorse? for? everything mm-hmm. um so you know after prison he gets arrested a few times for drugs until he's finally found dead from an accidental heroin overdose on do you know B? no this is the reason we did this because this is what popped up on my google he's found dead from an accidental ho- heroin overdose on christmas eve 2020 at 54 years old What? He just died. Oh, New Year's Eve? Christmas Eve. Oh, sorry. Christmas Eve. (laughs)
1: I'm like, what?
0: No, No. Christmas Christmas Eve. Eve. Either
1: way, it was an Eve. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I read that
0: when we were, because we podcasted Christmas Day. Yeah. And so that popped up on my Google Christmas Eve. And I was like, well, I know what we're doing next. Perfect.
1: Amazing. Wow. Okay,
0: hold on. So. Of course, after all of this, the club kids and the club scene were never the same again. Um, but one of Michael's besties, which is a big part of the story, and he's a big part of the movie, and I didn't talk about him, but James St. James, um, who was part of the club scene before Michael showed up and, um, you know, kind of was one of the first people to maybe not take Michael under his wing, but attach himself to Michael. And one of the, like the OG club kids, right? James St. James. He helped Michael host many of the parties. Um, he goes on to write a book called "Disco Bloodbath: A Fabulous But True Tale of Murder in Clubland," that's published in 1999. And that memoir eventually got turned into the 2003 movie "Party Monster," starring Macaulay Culkin as Michael Alig, <laughs> Seth Green as Saint James, James, James Saint, Saint James. James himself, and a whole other all-star cast that I didn't write down and this is a direct quote from wikipedia i just copy pasted it quote the film received mainly negative reviews the consensus states quote the lurid display of camp soon turns tedious it was nominated for the grand jury prize at 2003's sundance film festival and chicago sun times critic roger ebert gave the film three out of four stars calling macaulay Culkin's performance quote fearless though he remarks that quote the movie lacks insight and leaves us feeling sad and empty mm-hmm. sad for ourselves not a and maybe it had to be that way Ooh, there you go that's the murder of well, sweet, well sweet angel Melendez by club kid founder I'm himself glad
1: you brought in James St. James because I'm like did they just fucking make this person up because he's so huge in the movie no it just
0: felt like I didn't know where to put him I agree, in yeah. my yeah. telling of it, um, but he was right there on Donny, Who, Geraldo. He right. was actually one of the ones that gave the more like educated, respectful answers. He right. was older than Michael, um, much more life-experienced than Michael, mm-hmm. and he's gone on to do a few things. I believe... Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if he was ever on RuPaul's Drag Race, but... He has something to do in the drag world that I have to I would have to look up and tell you about. But okay. he he remained like a pop culture figure. Yeah. As well as RuPaul, obviously. Probably the two most famous club kids besides Michael A. And I would say I mean obviously Michael's the most successful on the club scene, but um RuPaul and James Saint James are the most successful just in life in general to come out of the club kids see and in the movie James
1: St. James definitely did take Michael under his wing yeah mm-hmm. he was the forefront of the club kids, and it
0: could definitely be that way in real life too I just I'm
1: not sure he just didn't blow it up mm-hmm. the way that Michael Alig did
0: I definitely read Michael some,
1: took it to that fucking level. That just, psychopathic level. That just made it.
0: Um, I definitely read somewhere that at first James didn't like Michael. Mm-hmm. Obviously that changed. Um, and then yeah, I remember in the movie him, like Seth Green being like a mentor yes. to Michael. So um it it's a love. I mean, that's throughout it's, the whole movie. Mm-hmm. It's James St. James' memoir, so yeah. if that's how he says it was, mm-hmm. then I'm sure that's how it was. I just don't know. I didn't read anything about it. Okay, so the movie is directly based
1: off of his memoir. Yes. Yep. Okay.
0: In fact, I feel like if you look up the book now, they might have even changed the book's title to Party Monster. Oh, but I really like the name Disco Bloodbath. Right. So so, mu- so fucking much, much. Yeah. And then I think I saw another movie
1: called Party Monster, but it was like 1993.
0: Hold on, real quick. Did you already refill our wine glasses? Or did you just pour that much wine in our first take?
1: I did a oh. big first take.
0: <laughs> all, our wine bottle's almost gone, and we've I, only had one glass.
1: I did a big first take. OK, yeah, with
0: our jumbo what? Christmas glasses. Yes, right?
1: Why, we've got ice. Like, why waste our time with all that extra work of pouring? <laughs> oh my
0: god. Um. Yeah, I don't know about the 1993 movie, because um, th- I, this like, is
1: obviously the movie. I was just.
0: <laughs> yeah. um. Because you got to remember, he didn't even kill Angel until I think what I say ninety seven. Okay. So if it was like a ninety three movie, right? That was the height of them actually clubbing. drink more of this. There's not. That's like a sip. Well, I know, but it's still just
1: drink more of it. Okay. (laughs) So tell me about the movie. Okay. So I guess I want to describe it as like a a shockumentary. Oh. Right, because it's not like serious. Like mm-hmm. a documentary, like it's kind of, a, like I said, if I didn't know it was actually based on something, I'd think it was a joke. Right. I didn't think it was real.
0: Well, it's one of those things where if it's not based on something real, then it almost seems so outlandish that yeah. it's unbelievable. Well, that's it. like Okay, we're pushing a little far, don't you think, no, guys? like a person, James St. James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should see. I did not write them down, but do yourselves a favor, YouTube, Google the names of the, like, because you know, who doesn't love a great drag name? Yeah. All the club kids right. had the, like, Jenna, Talia. Right, right. You know? Of course. So just like fun, super fun names.
1: So we open with Seth Green. Mm-hmm. And he is representing James St. James. And they're getting ready, ready to film Party Monster, which at this point I've gotten my notes, I'm assuming is some kind of documentary. Okay. Right? Like he's looking directly at a camera. We hear people in the background.
0: Real quick, in the movie right now, are they younger or older?
1: In the movie right now, it would be, be like, current. Like, his book, it's the day his book is being published. Blood, or disco disco, blood bath.
0: So, that is true. So, James St. James did start filming stuff about Michael Eilig after his arrest, I believe. Yeah, he was- he was supposed to be filming the day that Michael got out of prison, but his like flight got canceled or something and he couldn't make it.
1: He's legit like on a lounge chair by a pool, holding up his book, fucking cheese ball, smiling at the camera. Yeah. Like, and this is my story. Yes! yes. We love it. So we flash to what I could only assume some kind of weird Halloween party, but James refers to it as Michael Alegs Played by Macaulay Culkin. Yep. Blood feast party. Yep. And it looks so fucking dope. Yeah. So, like, everyone's bloody and half-dressed and just to be there. And this is definitely
0: a real party that happened. Just
1: to fucking be there. Oh, my God. And at the party, Michael and James, they're in the bathroom with these friends and they're passing around what i can only assume is some fucking crack pipe and they (laughs) deem michael the the king of the club kids yeah right and um james describes the next scene of the movie as the night his life ended it was the night of his overdose Mm -hmm. right and so we see james and michael in bed together and michael's you know playing with James and they're smoking heroin James is like oh Michael you know how I despise heroin oh yes right and Michael's like well don't you notice that somebody's missing and James is like yeah where's Angel Mm -hmm. And Michael's like, I killed him. Mm. And James is like, oh, Michael, you're so this and that, blah, blah, blah. And then Michael points out that he's wearing angel shoes. And James sees the blood on his shoes. And then we fucking flash (laughs) to Macaulay Culkin's character as a child. Like we go back in time and we see him being bullied And his mom describing him as a kid who always made something out of nothing. And he was very driven by money. Mm -hmm. And so he starts selling candy to the kids at school that make fun of him. Like that was marked up. So he's profiting off of them. Yeah. Right. And so according to his mom, he uses this money to get out of town and get himself like a one way ticket to New York where Mm -hmm. he starts his life or whatever. and so he immediately is drawn to the party scene right and he thinks it's the greatest thing he's ever seen and he's like i can't ever see myself being the type of person who can work a Mm day-to-day like a day-to-day job like i need to live one big party that never ends and so then we cut back and james is on the bed where they just smoked heroin, And he's like, oh, no, motherfucker. This is my fucking movie. Don't try to take this movie away oh. from me. We're going to talk about my story, where he points out that I'm older than you. My story is this fucking same thing, right? I was picked on. I came here. I'm in the scene. Mm-hmm. Don't try to make this about you. Right. <laughs> So that's why I'm like, what is happening in the movie at this point? They break the
0: fourth wall or whatever, the third wall. And I'm really not
1: used to it. But I love them so much. I kind of just got over it. And so we see through James's eyes, he's at a club and he's fucking fabulous. And he's in the bathroom and Michael is a bathroom attendant. Mm -hmm. And Michael approaches James and is like, you are so fucking it. Like, I would do anything to be you. And James is like, I don't even know who the fuck you are. Right. (laughs) They end up running into each other at, like, a donut shop. And Michael somehow convinces him, like, you need to be my mentor. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, I want to just follow in your footsteps. You are my everything. Okay. Michael eventually throws a party and it's a total fucking bust. Oh, shit. It's a mess, a hot mess. The only people that show up are James, who's appalled.
0: Of course, that he'd even be seen at this. He's literally like, is there a back exit? Because
1: (laughs) no one can fucking see me. Yeah. (laughs) And this (laughs) musician that Michael is trying to blow up, like trying to make famous, Christina. Do you remember who Christina's played by?
0: Is this Chloe Savenly? No, No. she's
1: way later. Okay, who?
0: Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes.
1: Oh, my God. What a character. The best. Yeah. (laughs) So that fucking thing is just a hot mess. And even though he busts his first party, he still catches the eye of club owner Peter. Yep who is played by fucking Dylan McDermott. Wow. Right? Hey, Dylan. I mean, come on. So already we've got Seth Green, Macaulay Culkin, Marilyn Manson, and Dylan M- McDermott.
0: And don't get it twisted, guys. You're talking to two big Marilyn Manson fans. Mm-hmm. I love Marilyn Manson. Are you kidding?
1: I was probably more excited to see Marilyn Manson as Christina than Dylan
0: McDermott as me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about Dylan McDermott. No, no, no. I'm here for Marilyn Manson and Seth Green. And so... Michael convinces
1: him, like, you're old, you're stale. Even though this party was a bust, you can see the potential in me. And you should hire me. Mm-hmm. And he does. So next up on our list of names is Wilder Valderrama. Yep. Who plays Michael's first boyfriend, Kioki. Okay. And Michael, at first, he's like, well, I'm straight. Like, I'm here with these girls. And Michael's like, sure you are. Here are some drink tickets. Meet me at the bar. And he's like, you're going to be my boyfriend. You are now a DJ. And you're going to be fucking everything. Okay. And blows this kid up. Okay. Right. And he, he pulls through on all ends. Right. And basically, they take everything that's considered strange and weird, like we talked about, and make it fashionable and what's desirable. And so Kiyoki and Michael get into a big fight. And this is the first time Michael is actually doing drugs, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're like back at the beginning of everything. When he and James started hanging out, James had already been heavy into drugs. But when he offered it to Michael, Michael's like, no, like I'm into the scene. I'm not into the drugs. Okay. After this fight, he tries coke for the first time. And that's when it. Really gets out of hand. Yep. Okay. There is a fucking spit scene. (laughs) That I refused to watch. And it made me really upset.
0: Yeah. And how did you know it was happening?
1: I could tell that Macaulay or that Michael was going to spit on James. And it just...
0: The only reason
1: I'm even mentioning it is to make you happy (laughs) because
0: you know how uncomfortable it made me. B has a real problem with spitting, especially like hawking up loogies, but anything uh. to do with spitting. She cannot handle it. Yeah, so, I so you would not be a good Gen Zer where they all they want is for right. dudes to spit in their mouths. No,
1: you can hit me and you can choke me, <laughs> me. and you can fucking, right? I'd rather I, be punched in the right, face. I, for sure, you can come on me, but fucking spit on me and I'm gonna cut you. <laughs> oh, so, anyways, so I fast forwarded a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> And we got to a talk show with John motherfucking Stamos. Hey, hey,
0: Uncle Jesse. Oh,
1: my God. So this is my, I'm assuming, is my Geraldo.
0: I'm going to have so many people to tag in our Instagram post. (laughs) I know. Usually I don't have many people to tag because either the movie has, like, C-listers or people who are so big that they don't have an Instagram. Yeah. So.
1: And I think that the segment was called Famous for Being Fabulous. (laughs) <laughs> and it gets them a ton of recognition. And then James and Michael go on a trip to Dallas where Kioki, the ex-boyfriend, is supposed to have a DJ set. Okay. And Michael's trying to, like, win him back. Oh. Okay. And they meet up with drug dealer Natasha Leone. Oh. And her BFF Jitsi, played by Chloe. What is it? 70?
0: I don't know, Savannah. but I know. Yeah, be, yeah. yeah.
1: Amazing. And at this point, Michael's like, well, fuck Kiyoki. Jitsi, you're my new girlfriend. Okay. And you're moving back to New York with us. Fantastic. Okay. Dream come true. hmm And so Michael and everyone, they're all getting high as fuck. And the club owner in Dallas is like, you guys DJ is up next, and Kiyoki's obviously not there. He hasn't shown because he's also probably fucking high somewhere. Right. And so Michael and James and all of their fucking minions, they all go on stage, and they perform some bullshit show, and they fucking blow up. Of it's course. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's a total hit. Everybody fucking loves it. And so Michael goes back high on his like performance And he demands to Peter, like, for my birthday, I want to have a party. And it's going to be called Blood Feast.
0: Yep. (laughs) Bailey's dream party, y'all. Right. And the only way that
1: Peter will agree to it, he's like, is if Michael goes to rehab. Michael definitely doesn't go to fucking rehab. (laughs) Not only does he not go to rehab, he gets Angel, Mm -hmm. the drug dealer, To bring his boss a present, gets his boss all sorts of fucking high. Sends his boss on some fucking hotel bender where he, the boss, a hooker, and his, sorry, a sex worker, and his girlfriend, Gitsy, Jitsy, whatever. um, They're all just getting high as fuck. Crazy, right? Angel shows up to the motel room demanding the money. Michael laughs him off. Yep. Right. Total joke. How dare you? How dare you ask me for money for my drugs?
0: Right. The Michael Mm Aleg.
1: And to be fair, in the movie, Michael kind of believes that he made Angel who he is. Okay. Right. That he's the one that brought Angel onto the scene, deemed him as Angel gave him his wings, like made him the drug dealer of all drug dealers. And so if anything, I mean, Angel owes this to him.
0: Literally, those things could all be true. Mm-hmm. And um, Angel Melendez did not have to lose his life for it. Right. Oh, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. No, yeah. I know. I'm just saying, like, yeah. he can believe that all he wants.
1: But but it's in this hotel room that Michael ends ends up overdosing. And so he wakes up in the hospital and James is by his side. And does that stop him for one fucking beat? No, no, never. He plans a party all about it yeah, where they all dress up as nurses or doctors or patients or whatever. And they have everyone taking pills and shots out of little pill cups. And yeah, right. Let's fucking have a party about it. So after what he did to his boss, the Peter's wife, the club owner's wife is finally like, look, you're fucking fired. Okay, I'm cutting you off. Mm-hmm. You fucked up everything. I want you out. Yeah. You're a disgrace. You're a fucking coward hiding behind all this fucking elaborate clothing and makeup. Yeah. You know. And
0: in real life, um, Michael also gets fired from by Peter Gation, but I can't remember what it was for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so
1: one day back at Michael's apartment, he and one of his fucking... Club Kids, Freeze, decide to take all of Angel's drugs. Mm-hmm. How'd they get their hands on him? Angel was living in the apartment with Michael. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were all living together. Michael's apartment was basically the go-to for everybody. Right. For, for James, for anybody, right? It was, everyone could come and go. It was like a hotel. Got it. All right. And so Michael and Angel get into their first fight, which James witnesses. And James is like, bro, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Like, this is too much. I didn't sign up for this. You guys are crazy. So Michael continues to spiral out of control. And his ex, Kiyoki, eventually cleans himself up and then finds Michael laying in a bed of his own filth next to their dead cat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. No. That was awful. And even for karaoke he was like, bro, I'm here to take you to rehab because
0: you're you're fucking done. Like yeah. this is too much. And does he actually get to rehab? No. no! Of course not.
1: Why would he do something like that? Okay. So then Angel starts to threaten Michael with blackmail. If he can't pay for all the drugs Mm -hmm. that he's stolen over whatever amount of time. Mm -hmm. And at this point in the movie, we are back in the bed. Yep. Right. Post murder. Correct. Right. We have just smoked the heroin. (laughs) Yep. Michael had just revealed to James St. James that he killed Angel in what he claims was self defense we saw nothing in the movie Mm -hmm. right we just saw the confrontation right and James overdoses yeah okay right so now he's waking up in the hospital with Michael by his side so they've always been there for each other Yep. and James believes the whole story about Michael killing Angel was like some hallucination he had throughout Mm -hmm. his overdose okay right like he made it all up and then michael points out the news article yeah right written that breaks it down and james is slowly trying to recover from his overdose and piece together the fact that this person whom he's so close to just murdered (laughs) Right. He's a fucking <laughs> could, monster. Like I just I couldn't even imagine. And so he's like, um maybe you should turn yourself in. Yeah. <laughs> like you claim it was in self-defense. Right. Right. Ooh. So why not just turn yourself in? Right. What do you have to hide? And Michael's like, "Oh, oh no, 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 no. I I'm just going to go to rehab." <laughs> oh, perfect. That'll solve everything. Uh but he doesn't go to rehab. No. Because why would he do that?
0: Rehab's for quitters.
1: Right. And so he and Gitsy, or Jitsi, they go to a hotel. Mm hmm. And that's when Michael finally gets I guess he gets arrested by police, which I'm not sure why. Right? I'm not I don't know if it's Actually, because he's tied to Angel. Because when they bring him in, the only person they're asking
0: about is Peter. Okay. <clears throat> so they might not have gone over this in the movie. And I definitely didn't go over it in my side of things. Mm-hmm. There's a whole nother side storyline that's happening with at-time Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Okay. Who was, remember how scummy New York was in like yeah. the 80s and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rudy Giuliani's the mayor that cleaned up New York City mm-hmm. to become the pristine tourist place it is now, right? Okay. So Giuliani's mayor, that crazy motherfucker, and um basically there's just so much drugs going on at these parties that they can't ignore it for any longer. They're mm-hmm. like it's bringing a lot of business to downtown and it's bringing money, but it's also bringing a crazy drug element that so Giuliani's trying to clean up. Are they going
1: after drug? So club Giuliani's owners?
0: going after Peter Gation. OK, so I'll, there's like a good few months there where Michael's running around telling people that he killed Angel, admitting it, whatever, and he feels like he's secure in the fact that he's not going to get arrested because he's also feeding Giuliani information about Peter Gation. Yeah. And so when he, um, I don't know about when they actually arrest him. I'm pretty sure they did arrest him for angels murder, or like okay. suspicious, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But he had been in contact with the police that whole time. Cause he was trying to get them off of his trail okay. and like lead them to like the Peter Gation, drug club bullshit that Giuliani was obsessed with. Because
1: really, once the cops have him, they're like, all we want you to do is help us get information to nail Peter, Yeah, and we'll help, quote-unquote, clean your mess up for you. Pretend Mm -hmm. like none of this ever happened. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Because to these piece of shit cops, they're like, you know, what's it matter to us that you killed another drug dealer that you're just doing our job for us. Right. Garbage assholes. So when James figures out that Michael is ratting everyone out to save his own ass, he pleads with him one more time. Just like, please, please just turn yourself in. Right. Enough is enough. Why are you trying to hurt everyone who's ever tried to help you? Right? It's all about Michael. Exactly. All we've ever done is give you what you want and look what you've done with it. Right? So James continues to take his special K and one night while dreaming, we finally get to see what happened that night. Oh. Right? mm -hmm. So we do. We see after the confrontation, How Angel was the one who did attack Michael. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, rightfully so. You fucking steal all my drugs for years. And money. Or whatever, yeah. Mm -hmm. But once Freeze realized what was going on, Freeze then hits Angel over the head with a hammer. Mm -hmm. It knocks him out but doesn't kill him. He and Michael then drag Angel into the bathtub where they inject him with Drano.
0: Yeah. In the movie they inject, in the story, in the true crime story, they they pour it in his mm -hmm. mouth. But it's always gone back and forth. Right. Of which one's true. Yeah. And the same thing. They live
1: with his rotting, decomposing body for a week until people start to complain And then they're like, well, we got to do something about it. So let's get a shit ton of drugs. They get some carving knives. They buy a TV
0: Uh, so that
1: they could have the big box.
0: Oh, so that's where the box came from. Mm -hmm. I think in the true crime case, the box was found in the basement of their apartment building. Okay. I think. Don't quote me on that, guys. And so
1: they do describe how they got so high it was magic how the meat just like fell from the bone right it was just so easy to just chop them up i don't like that at all and put them in the box no so then they used the box as a table like a coffee table
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: and again like you said the smell the flies so then they do they dump it in the river great Mm and so, so like i said for me that that was so, I don't know, like flat, disheartening the whole. It's like that was the end of, of Angel's case. Like there's nothing more to him mm-hmm. in the movie after that. Yeah. And again, it's, it goes all back to Michael, Michael and James. Mm-hmm. So I do agree with the review where it's like you feel kind of like. it's a weird feeling that it leaves you with it's like a bad taste in your mouth but I
0: I will say I do like that about the movie because I feel like that's how you should feel after this okay yeah I'm sure there was a lot of club kids who probably felt that way just felt sad and empty and Mm -hmm. just unfinished and you know it's kind of like the same feeling you have when you've had the best party or the best time whether it's at a club or at a house party or whatever, and then like dawn hits, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're just like, you feel Ugh. gross and sad. And that's the feeling I get. It's yeah. just and like And all the glitter and the shine That's That gone, early morning, everyone looks ugly. Mm-hmm, you cracked. feel like shit. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I get that. So James wakes up from this high hallucination of a dream. And again, we are back to the very beginning of the movie where we've just started his documentary. Yep. Right. And James is talking about his book Disco Bloodbath. Mhm. And Michael is calling him from prison.
0: Oh, uh-huh. Okay.
1: Michael, thanks, James for getting him arrested and Mm -hmm. admits that it's probably the thing that saved his life. But James like scolds him like, Oh no, 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 Michael, (laughs) don't you turn this around and make this about you, honey. Mm -hmm. Don't try to make my viewers feel sorry for you. You piece of shit. Like no one's going to believe your bullshit. And so, um, He does end up crediting Michael for curing his writer's block, though. Lovely. So he does give him that. And we end the movie with James St. James, Seth Green, his stupid fucking smirking face, just like (laughs) fabulous (laughs) in the camera. And that's it.
0: All right. Right. That was Party Monster 2003, the year we. What a fucking party, man. The year we what, Bailey? Come on. Graduated. Graduated high school people were 105 years old. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so how many skulls out of five?
1: Based on what I know now about the case, I'm going to give it a four. OK. What was it before the case? A three? No. I was actually going to do it higher because oh. I really enjoyed the movie, but there's a lot missing.
0: OK. Right. And I feel like. Yeah. Well, there you go. So if you um, just ignore the case, it's like a 4.5 or yeah. A 5. Yeah. But if you are super into the case, you know the details. It's a 4. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Right. I mean, there's only so much they can get into an I, hour and a half movie. I know. But there was a lot of shit that
1: they put in there that wasn't necessary where they could have gone into like how Michael was doing the B, uh What is it? The BDM. The. The 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 ripping of the money and the yeah yeah yeah. yeah, all that shit yeah um
0: just like how outlandish the parties got they also might not want I mean as outlandish as it was in the movie maybe reality was like even so much crazier like we can't put this shit in a movie okay um also in all fairness I probably did a terrible job telling the case so if it felt like something that was unimportant in the movie it might have very well been Um, yeah okay important or true to the story and I just did a bad job on my end you know what I mean. Then blame the crappier review on you and <laughs> <laughs> your shitty storytelling. My terrible storytelling. All right, so there you go. That was the murder of Angel Mendez and um, Party Monster. Mm-hmm. So
1: I would like to mention now that we're done with our case. We did try to watch Married at First Sight after Silver
0: Linings Play. We did. <laughs> Season nine, my favorite season. We started it. <laughs> and that's a strong try. I think we got two episodes in. Yeah. Maybe an episode in Oh, half.
1: could I tell you what happened in either of those episodes? B has to go
0: back and rewatch them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. That was so funny. It was a good night. I asked her when we woke up in the morning, because next thing I knew, I just woke up on the couch. And I was like. I know. I heard you pitter pattering all over the fucking house, letting
1: your dog out and being all (laughs) sorts of productive. How dare I let my dog out to pee? Fucking invite my child over. God. (laughs) Asshole. Yeah. Because I spent the night at your house for a reason, you cunt.
0: Yeah. But if your kid was over at your house, you were going to have to leave early. Yeah. Yeah. But if your kid's over at my house, you got to stay for longer. I did.
1: I stayed till, like, close to noon. I know, because
0: <laughs> cause your kid was there. Yeah. If Violet would have been at home, you would have been at home at, like, 9. Yeah, true. I did it for you, Bailey. Sure. Um, But no, we woke up on the couch, and I was like, do you remember... Like going to sleep last night. You're like, no, I'm all but we both took off our glasses. Yeah. I had locked all the doors. I right. blew out the candles. You I t- took um alcohol out of the freezer.
1: Yeah, I took yeah. trulies out of
0: the freezer, or whatever they were, right. seltzers out mm-hmm. of the freezer so they didn't explode. Yeah. I hand we handled everything. Everything. At some point a choice was made that we were gonna go to bed and neither one of <laughs> us remember it whatsoever. But we did a great job. I'm really proud of us. And it would have been on our podcast night. So clearly we were thinking about all of you. <laughs> That's right. We were all together in spirit. We should have done a live podcast while watching Just, Silver lining's, linings playbook
1: and pausing again like we said for unknown reasons we can't even remember. Just to ramble. <laughs> Just to it. talk and eat salami. Yeah, to ramble about shit. Oh my gosh. Love it. Any new TikTok trends that you're
0: into right now? No, cuz my TikTok's pretty much all political right now. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which is fine, but you know, right, it's nothing fun to talk about. So I
1: gifted myself the mini dash.
0: What is that?
1: The little mini waffle maker.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. For Christmas. For Christmas.
1: And I made my first chaffle. How was it? The cheese waffle. Mm -hmm. I made a carnitas one. Okay. Because my mom gifted us a ninja everything. It's oh, a, lovely gift. Yeah. It's in everything. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a dehydrator. Oh, it's, finally. Right. It's a pressure cooker. It's an air fryer. It's a fucking everything.
0: Oh yeah. I saw that. I want, I don't know if it was Ninja, but I saw one that you could do like pressure cooker, crock pot or air fryer. Yeah. And I was really interested in that. Yeah. It's an, it's
1: an everything. Love it. So we did our carnitas in the pressure cooker. Yep and then we sauteed the juices also in the ninja on the saute setting yep and then we broiled it on the broil like again we did it all on this fucking machine amazing magic and then i did my first cheese carnitas chaffle and, and it, was, it good? was fucking heaven
0: if you guys haven't seen this it's like a teeny tiny waffle maker yeah like it would make one mini waffle exactly which yeah. is perfect yeah Yeah. I really I'm I'm looking forward to what am I looking forward to? Like cheese fried pickles. Mm -hmm.
1: So I'd say it's probably the size of a street taco. Like Mm -hmm. a
0: soft. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I saw a recipe for it on TikTok where they took like pickle slices, dried them out as best they could, which Mm -hmm. you can't do that great because pickles are. I do that anyways. Like when I do burgers, I always Pat them. So you pat mm-hmm. them dry and then you use cheese as like a crust around yeah. it. And you do fried pickles that way instead yeah. of breading yeah. and frying.
1: Mm-hmm. I also got pepperoni so I can make
0: little pizzas. Mm-hmm. Love it. I know. I can't wait to come over. I know. It's so (laughs) exciting. It's the best $10 TikTok ever made me spend. Yeah. We could even do like little teeny tiny mini cinnamon rolls.
1: It's Oh, that's what they say. They're like put cookies in it, cinnamon rolls, biscuits, anything. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a fucking air fryer now and a mini dash. Ooh, air fryer. I'm going to get so fat. (laughs) But speaking of TikTok made me buy. So I've got my girlfriend Larissa. And
0: so is this your shout out? Yeah. OK. Yeah. Here We go. B told me she had a shout out and I told her I didn't want to hear anything about. it. I wanted to be surprised yes. on air. So my girlfriend Larissa, who
1: is also best friends with Bobby. OK. My second husband. Yep. Shout out to Bobby all the way in China. All the way in China. She moved to Idaho with her family, her mom and dad. Oh, OK. They love it. It's to- it's totally fitting for them.
0: It's okay. amazing for them. I have family in Idaho, too. Yeah. I see where they live.
1: And so we were talking about TikTok. Her and I got hooked hard, like we're very similar on the TikTok thing. And so I immediately texted her and she's the one that gave me the cheesecake recipe. Okay. That I used for Nick's birthday. Yep. No fail cheesecake recipe. I text her. I'm like, bitch, your fucking cheesecake was everything. perfect." And I got myself the TikTok mini dash for Christmas. Listen, we're doing big moves, big moves (laughs) in our households. And she immediately responds. She's like, I fucking told you, cunt. Yep. (laughs) Like, my fucking recipe is everything, which it is. And she's like, oh, I totally want one. But my kitchen space is nothing. And I'm like, girl, you could literally fit it in your fucking purse. Like, it's so small right yeah little dash and she's like oh and p.s my mom listens to your podcast
0: stop it stop
1: so mama carol hi i don't know that you have social media
0: (laughs) no but if you're listening to this but hi god bless you
1: right why i don't know why you're listening
0: to us Me neither, but I'm so excited. Thank you. It
1: just, it it made my night. I'm like, Nicholas.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and so far, as far as like my actual family goes, the only person who listens now on a regular basis is my god sister, Adrienne. So so, shout out to Adrienne. So funny. Thank you so much. (laughs) I can't believe it.
1: You're telling me <laughs> I'm, I'm like literally choking. Like what? Oh
0: my god, I'm so glad you didn't tell me before. I'm so excited. Isn't that
1: fun? And to best. be fair, like Larissa, do you listen? Because hell, leave a comment. <laughs> like I doubt you do. You have a baby. She has
0: the I cutest mean, baby. She follows us on IG. She does. She likes and comments on our Instagrams. Well, I'll tell you. Like it, the rest of you should be doing.
1: Right. Give me something, people. It's the
0: new
1: <laughs> year. What what else do you have to do?
0: Um that's so amazing. Mm-hmm. I know on Instagram, whenever somebody follows us and they don't have a lot of follow, like um, like they don't follow a lot of people, like they follow maybe a few hundred people or whatever. Mm-hmm. I always think I'm like, oh, are you a listener? Right. Like, is that why you're here? Oh,
1: so speaking of listeners, my mom can figure out how to log into my <laughs> Hulu
0: account, but she can't fucking figure out how to find I know my dad podcast. swears that he doesn't know how to listen. Right. I'm like... You're on Facebook and I post, (laughs) I post links on Facebook. You're on Instagram and the links in bio for our Instagram. I know. And she swears (laughs) she doesn't
1: get any of the pictures or anything. I'm like, oh my God, you're the worst. I love you. That's okay. I'm actually okay with our parents not listening. Oh, I know. Especially my dad. Right. My dad does not need to listen to this.
0: We're ridiculous. (laughs) Awesome. Well, hey, if you've listened this whole time up until now. Thank you so much. Right. If this is your first episode, go listen to the older ones. It'll be fun. I promise. Right. Because we're a mess. And if anything, we're getting
1: better. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got this locked down and just you wait. Listen to our- this
0: new confidence she has in 2021, guys. It's, it's
1: the outfit, you guys. <laughs> it's real. It's the outfit. Oh, yeah.
0: Bees, look at the week. Oh, my God. I almost signed off without talking about your of all weeks. Of all weeks. Of all, all weeks. The club kid week. So I guess I'll set the
1: scene for my outfit. Yes. It is at the Dallas club mm-hmm. where Kioki has not shown up for his set and that they have to perform. And right. he has just met Gitsy or Jitsy. And um, it's actually one of the movie posters or DVD VHS case covers yep. or whatever. I sent you the images. This This is my movie inspiration. So I have Lederhosen.
0: Yes. Yes. Lederhosen.
1: I'm technically wearing my husband's Lederhosen just because, to be fair, I wasn't sure if I could still fit in the Lederhosen that I wore when we did go to Brewfest, which was like
0: before our marriage when I was in my tip top shape. No, no, because I've seen pictures of that fest, and I would bet you that you're skinnier now. Maybe. I don't
1: know. I think you're
0: skinnier and more toned because you have to think about how much more you were drinking back then. (laughs) Well, I and mean, you were eating carbs. I was
1: at their fucking Oktoberfest, yeah. so I was yeah. clearly we drinking and eating drinking carbs. Drinking
0: a ton and eating carbs. Yeah, but
1: so I'm wearing his lederhosen. I've got my knee-high argyle socks. I thought about wearing my argyle tights yeah. because I knew how cold it would be in here yeah. and I was hoping we were going to do it in here, but I'm like that's not true to the image. Nope. So I went with the got socks. The socks. Mm-hmm. I picked my most outlandish
0: outlandish high platform insane heels fuck me heels which another aspect of B that we never talk about she's a high heel fanatic she loves them like i showed you the bottoms insane they're scuff
1: free because these are not shoes that i go out in
0: can't it, walk in them
1: these are these
0: are very specific shoes very <laughs> very few things you can do these shoes in these shoes very few Positions Very you few can positions. Be in, in these shoes? Exactly. And that, walking ain't one of them. Right, bitch. no. And
1: that is what these shoes are for. And they will be for this exact moment. This picture will be taken. And I'm definitely
0: going to take a picture of you front on, but then I want a picture of you kicking a heel up because the bottoms the are bottoms also dope. Are, yeah, they're everything. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They're amazing.
0: So, yeah, this is. And what hat did you go
1: with? Jester? <sighs> no, I think. To be true to the image, I'm going to move my hair up and try to fit your the Viking helmet. Viking helmet on. That's pretty good with the braids. Mm-hmm. We love it. Because it is. It's closer to what he's got on. But I did bring the jester hat because I thought it fit Michael Alex's personality. Because he's a fucking clown? He's a performer. He's an entertainer. And he is a fucking clown. He's a piece of shit. He's in disguise
0: right yeah i guess
1: he's hiding behind this image of whatever he (sighs) thinks he is yeah but yeah so i did i brought that in inspiration just in case but then i had an array of hats to choose from (laughs) i know
0: i busted out all my kids dress up hats and we'll hear you because it's club kids You could wear anything Anything. you want. Yeah. If you're a true fan,
1: you saw our Instagram today where you posted our our text
0: messages. Right. You
1: could wear anything you want or I could wear nothing Nothing at at all. all, And it would all be the fucking thing. It all makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's
0: all in theme. It doesn't matter. You could have done his bloodlust or whatever it was themed party and just been Halloween themed bloody with uh, your body parts.
1: Believe me, if I had the time (laughs) to invest in that, absolutely. And that was also another reason why I chose this look is I didn't want to do the elaborate makeup. Yeah. Because... Seriously, I still haven't gotten over my Gacy look that just fucking wrecked havoc on my skin Mm -hmm. for like a good two weeks. Just that red lipstick sinking into my
0: pores. You know what's so funny is um, Lila had a friend over today and when she first came over, she had like, it looked like her face had red scratches on it. And I know she has like big dogs at home. So I was like. I'm like, oh, sweetie, what happened to your face? Thinking that maybe she was playing with her dogs and her dogs, like, scratched up her face. And her mom corrected me or told me that um, she's like, no, she's just really into doing, like, special effects makeup and Halloween makeup. And she's really good at it. And that's from her Pennywise look. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know how that goes. (laughs) I know how that goes. (laughs)
1: I've never been more pro.
0: Yep. Oh, I remember B with that fucking lipstick on her face forever. Mm. So yeah, Lila's friend had little red marks still on her that would not scrub that off. So,
1: and she's gonna like send her again to fucking school.
0: Well, not this. No, right? She it's, goes to a different school than Lila, so they're actually uh, still in Zooms. Okay, but still, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But, yeah, it's so funny because it does. It looked like she got a little scratched up on her poor little face.
1: Just lipstick. Oh. So speaking of school, Violet had. Show and tell today.
0: Oh, nice. You could bring anything you want or was there a theme? This,
1: they're actually going to do a show and tell every Friday this month. Mm -hmm. And this week was your favorite toy. Okay. What did she bring? It's after Christmas. Did she bring the flamingo? Right. I told her, I'm like, let's bring the flamingo. It's amazing. She reasoned with me. (laughs) I think we should bring the pooping kitty. Mm-hmm. because it's less work for the teachers oh my god amazing are you fucking kidding amazing me? three-year-old three-year-old people right because almost it, four i did i thought about it i'm like you have to strain the poo and there's water involved right like what a mess for them and then having 20 other kids doing their show and tell like what a pain in the ass
0: and then if they ever get the chance for like the other kids want to play with the flamingo right. you have to go over all over again But I did ask the teachers, and they're like, oh,
1: yeah, we'd be cool with it, only because we kind of want to play with it. Right. Which, of course, but she did. She totally reasoned with me. She's like, I don't think that's a very good idea.
0: This is what's happening. You're making a monster in a different way where she's going to end up like. Right. Same thing with my oldest daughter, by the way, where it's like, what happens if they end up way more conservative and straight-laced than we are? Because that's their Mm -hmm. form of rebellion almost. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you and I both ended up way more responsible and, like, straight-minded, straight-headed, whatever. Right. Type A, if you will, because our parents were, you know, a little loosey-goosey. Right. Having a good time. So then it's like, it has to, like, almost flip the next generation. She's so logical. Mm -hmm. She makes so much sense. And we'll we'll get a new hot mess.
1: Yeah. But she did replace it with the pooping kitty which I thought was Great. a perfect runner-up. And it was a big hit. I love it.
0: Mm-hmm. God bless it. What's right. next
1: week's theme? Do you know yet? Next. So it's like we got to do. Yes. Next week is family picture, which, oh. which is the worst for us. Just we don't
0: have, send it in with a Christmas card. Yeah. Did you send Christmas cards to her school? I did. Well, I so it. But the kids, the kids, didn't, kids didn't see yeah, it. The kids
1: didn't see it. Send that in. Mm-hmm.
0: You could even send it in with two, I bet. Yeah. You could do that one. And then like, you know, but, just any one of but, the but remember, of like
1: they just recently had like a family day where we had to take a picture. We literally had to like plan the picture because we had no family pictures. <laughs> yeah. No, I would just send her in with a Christmas card. Mm-hmm. Easiest thing to do. Yeah. And then there's favorite book mm-hmm. and then favorite stuffed animal because they're probably going to have like a pajama day. Oh, how will she ever pick a stuffed animal? Oh, I know. Polar bear. Oh, that's been her
0: favorite forever. Oh, forever. What's your favorite book?
1: That I can't tell you. She like She picks. One. She picks a new book every night. Yeah, and it's like if it's Christmas time, it's a Christmas book. If it's Halloween, it's so. off to see what she chooses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. stay tuned, y'all. Right. Next week we'll let you know. Right, could not tell you about the fucking book. <laughs> love it. Would love her to pick that fucking butter battle book. I told you about the butter battle yeah.
0: book is a good one. Um, what's the one I gave her? Uh, something about your butt. Yes. Um, I need a new bum or. Something about bums. All right. She could take that one.
1: I got a crack in my bum. She could take everybody
0: poops. That's a good one.
1: Right. The gas that we pass. Yep. hmm All solid right. options. <laughs> solid options. Or I have one that was written by a local author.
0: Um, i don't try to get fancy now. No,
1: I know. And it, it's literally, it. the only reason I got it is because it's about, like, how food becomes poo. <laughs>
0: Yep, leave it to our local uh, authors.
1: Yeah, so there we go.
0: Awesome. Well, guys, to see pictures of Bee's look of the week, you know you want to pick. Don't you want to see Bee in know some? You want to Leader holes in? Yes, I know I do. I get to see it live and in person. So pictures of Bee's look of the week, pictures of the case, pictures of the movie. We are. I don't remember any of our fucking... You never do, and it doesn't
1: matter. (laughs) They know by now, and if you don't, you can figure it out. THC Podcast
0: on Instagram, THC True on Twitter, which I'm never on anymore, because I honestly don't know how to work Twitter very well.
1: (gasps) And fucking Trump is permanently banned.
0: Thank God. Right? It's permanently banned from the country, people. fucking D-bag. How long do you think before... So, his presidency is ending here very soon, one way or the other. 20... how? Yeah, but it might be before then, you know. Oh, thank God. But, right. anyways, how long after that before Melania gets a divorce? Do you think she's gonna wait a couple months? Do you think she's gonna wait <gasps> a whole year? I need a year. I need a year. I don't care. <laughs> I what? just feel like she's been itching to get a divorce, right? For- four years now
1: right no because that's just gonna like steal attention and like make more drama that revolves around them no no like give me a year just fucking go away just go away completely don't bring up any more news i don't want anything else what's
0: funny is i don't know where he can go maybe north korea there's only so many places he can go where he's even welcomed anymore Ugh. anywho so THD True on Twitter. (laughs) True Hollywood Crime Facebook Facebook page. That's it. True Hollywood Crime Facebook page.
1: And fuck iTunes. Love you. Bye. Where are... Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
0: You always rush I know, the ending. I'm just kidding. Everywhere you I'm stream, podcasts, tell a friend and family member. The more recommendations, the better. Tell our family members who claim <laughs> that they can't
1: fucking figure it out. Great. Right?
0: And also, there's something about, like, rating, but I don't know if that's just an iTunes thing or if that's an every place thing. So, you know...
1: If you can rate us. If they ask you if to rate us, rate give, us. If you can give us a thumbs up, if you can leave oh, me a yeah, comment. A thumbs up.
0: Please leave Bailey a could, comment if on you Instagram. you
1: subscribe or follow.
0: <laughs> Anything. We'll, we'll take what we could get.
1: We're really cheap dates. Get Just us, listen
0: again next week. We'll be so happy. Get
1: us a dollar taco. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For real. Another wrong dollar tacos. Um, And if you listen again next week and you listened all the way this week, You're the best. This is the last time you listen. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. And we love you. And we will see you next time. Yeah, you little party monsters. Bye.